Welcome into your betting show for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, good day to you and a quick turnaround this week. Yeah, very quick turnaround, uh, especially for you because you are going to this event, right? When do you head out to San Diego? Boots on the ground. Yeah, I'll be basically at the course like Tuesday afternoon and then uh, maybe see what's going on with the practice stuff and get situated in the media center and all that. But then I'll be there each of the four tournament days. Right. And I will try and maybe get there for Thursday or Friday. It's kind of still up in the air for me right now, but it's such a fun tournament to go to. I love the city of San Diego. I will like ride for the city of San Diego as like one of the five best cities in America. But I will say this. I don't love it as a viewing experience tournament in terms of the way it's spread out. You know what I'm talking about? Like with it's the way huge. that parking is. And it's the, it's a, it's a huge lot and it's not easy to get from hole to hole without walking no. a mile. And the parking is not in a great spot. Yeah. It, it's when you're actually on the course looking, watching a specific hole, it's great. But if you want to go over there, three holes, three holes away, it's like, all right, tie your shoes and get loose because it's going to be a while. Yeah. I go to a lot of live tournaments and have been to a lot of live tournaments. It's the only tournament that I've ever been to where when you leave the parking lot, you are so far away from the first hole. When you leave the parking lot, you're on 13, which is such like a random way to have it. But yeah, and it's still fun though. I mean, it's such a, I'm sure you know a bunch of people that are going to be, are some of the first cut crew going to, is KP going to be over there? Uh, no, Kyle's down at the, uh, the pro, the PGA merchandise show. So he's That's doing, right. he's okay. doing that. Uh, Mark will be there for like the broadcast stuff. So looking forward to catching up with him. And then, yeah, I've heard from a lot of other people who are either in the industry or uh, watch the show that are going to be there. So it should, should be pretty well attended. Okay, last question to you before we dive into the odds board, because I know we've both got a bunch of other stuff to do tonight anyway. Does this feel like opening day to you? I would say um, it's like my second opening day, right? Like yeah. I, 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 I know that the season starts like in September and that's when I gear up and all that stuff. But like the new year doesn't feel like it's really kicked off until right now i will say this to me it is the first time where we start to get an accurate barometer of where the elite players are at heading into the final grind before the masters because i do not think that we learn a lot about the state like i know we've already seen all the elite players at kapalua outside of rory i guess but i don't think you learn a lot about who's really informed from a course like kapalua i don't think you learn a lot about where a player's game is really at at a course like the three course rotation at the american express This is, uh, you can't fake your way here. This is an execution test. So what I think is cool about this tournament is it's the first time where it's like, okay, like you can't fake your way around Torrey Pines. Like who are the guys that kind of have it right now? 
I know one guy who's got it right now. His name's John Rahm, and he's atop the betting board. This is the odds checker grid. So what you're seeing is I don't compliment you enough on your transitions. <laughs> I put a you know, I put a lot of hard work into those. Sometimes they work out, but sometimes they don't. That was a good one. Um, this is the odds checker grid. So this is pulling in lines from everywhere. So it'll show you the best available line. John Rahm, the best line available four and a half to one Xander Shoffley 12 to one Tony Finau is 14 Justin Thomas is 16 the only other two golfers who are sub 20 to one are Colin Morikawa and Will Zalatoris so Andy uh this could be a very short video we just bet John Rahm and we pick up our money on Saturday night right um I don't think he's gonna win three weeks in a row but I also do not fault anyone that says hey I'm just gonna bet John Rom. It's the same thing as parlaying the two NFL teams this weekend that you think are going to win. The thing that's frustrating about the situation is that it doesn't seem like you're getting a lot of drop off because of John Rom. Like the if John Rom was 10 to 1 in this field, it still like Xander would still be 12. Finau would still be 14. Justin would Thomas would still be 16. The thing that I'm frustrated about is that you now you have Rom at such a low number, but it doesn't feel like any of the other elite players in this field. You're catching much of a break on. Does that make sense? Yeah. You didn't get a deal on anybody else because John Rom is, you know, the, the prohibitive favorite here. Um, yeah. Why, why is the next guy not 18 to one and everybody right. else living in the twenties? How does sports, cause you, you're way more plugged into this world than I am. How does sports books get away with some of this stuff? They, they can do whatever they want, man. People I mean, it's still bet it. Yeah. People, people still bet it. And a lot of places you don't have a lot of options and you just kind of take what is available to you. And I think most people who do it most, I know for a fact most people just do it very recreationally, so they're not even going to look at like the theoretical hold that a book has each and every single week on outright bets for golf, and they're not going to care whether it's 15% or 30%, and they're going to look at these odds and say, oh, I think Tony Finau is a pretty cool guy. I'll bet him and not really care that he should be like 24 to 1 instead of 14 to 1. Right, right. That makes sense. Well, do you think that John Rahm is bettable? Like if a person that is a very very casual golf better comes up to you and asks you what to do at the top of the board and maybe caught a little bit of the amex last week on saturday because i i actually didn't think rom looked great on sunday i thought he looked unbelievable on saturday but would you endorse playing john rom at that number if a casual better came up to me or like a casual fan uh, yeah Sure. Like you're just looking for a yeah. sweat on Sunday and he's red hot going to the best spot like, for him. Like what's what am his, I going to do? What's his floor? Eighth? For seemingly. Seemingly. Yeah. And, but if you are, if you're like trying to do this a little bit more seriously or build out some type of optimal cards every single week, it's, and it'll burn me again. Like it's, it's impossible to get to John Rom at four and a half to one. And it was kind of impossible to take him in that three course rotation last week too. So when, when Rom wins, uh, I'm a big loser. I think sports books generally clean up on him. <laughs> well, who would be, who would be your other guy then? Who would, be, um, who would be your guy in this, in this top zone of like all the way up through, I guess, Jason day. 
maybe like these three, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris in some, in some way, you know, Zalatoris, I was fine with what I saw at the tournament of champions and, um, you know, still kind of shaking the rust off a little bit. Obviously he's been, he's been great here. I think Morikawa is really interesting. He's as short as 12 to one, as long as 18. He's not going to do it the distance route. He's going to do it a different way. He's going to play out of the fairway constantly and be a, an unbelievable approach player and maybe gets a little lucky on Poana Greens where he's he's much improved. I, I think that um, that number is good enough for a guy who should have won the Tournament of Champions, has had great success around Torrey Pines, gets to be out on the West Coast. Like that, that feels That feels like an interesting bet to me. Yeah, that's a good argument for Colin. I would say for me, it was between Zalatoris and JT, and I ultimately ended up going with JT, even though I thought that there was a chance that he could slip closer to 20 just because he hasn't been playing great recently. Honestly, like he hasn't been playing great for six months, to be totally honest with you. But um, I, I just think like the long-term form the value that you're getting with Justin Thomas, who I still believe like Justin Thomas has won 15 times and has two majors. If he retired tomorrow, Rick and never swung a golf club again on the PGA tour, he'd be like the 57th greatest golfer of all time based on his resume. And he's like 28 years old. So I, you know, I just think with at 16 to one, I, I would rather bet him than I would Finau or Xander. Uh, and I do think there's a good golf course for him, right? Like I, I think there are four and I, I talked about this very extensively in like my 6,000 word article this <laughs> week for some reason on a golf course that I don't even like, but there are four main boxes that you need to check at Torrey Pines rec. Can you hit the ball a long way off the tee? Are you an elite long iron player? Do you have a reliable short game and do you have a proven track record of success on POA Anna greens? Because for people that haven't putted before on POA and tour players will be the first to tell you this too. It's really different. And a lot of people really don't like it. And JT checks all four of those boxes. I think JT has one of the most underrated short games of the last 20 years. I mean, seriously, he's he's that good at it, and it never gets talked about because of his iron play. But I'm pretty much just looking for guys that check those four boxes, and the list is pretty short. Yeah, it is. And those uh, those Poana Greens, you can see it in the splits, too. Like, some guys are just, like, absolutely lost on it or hate it or whatever, and it doesn't— It's the hardest course to make putts on inside 10 feet on the PGA Tour. Oh, I mean, I could tell you that from my experience out there. It's unbelievable. I, I did the place. It just eats me a lot. The twenties. Uh, and I guess we can actually go to like right before the forties as well here. This is some second tier names, Max Oma, Sung JM, Jason day. Who's kind of feeling it recently. Taylor Montgomery at 30, Mav McNeely, 35. Those that's everybody short of 40, Andy. Yeah, well, I got to throw in Hideki in there because I think Hideki should be lower than all of the guys that you mm. just mentioned. I bet Hideki at bet 365 at 46 to 1. Wow. And I think that that was the best bet, not just at this tournament, but that was the best number on a player in any tournament that I have seen in months. 
46 to one on Hideki Matsuyama at this golf course in this field. I don't understand that number at all. I do my own odds projection every Sunday night. I had Hideki coming in, in the 28 range. Right. And, um, this is another one of those guys that checks all four of those boxes. Um, he is plenty long off the tee and has, has had great success off the tee at Torrey Pines. He is one of the best long iron players in the world. He has an unbelievable short game again, that just like JT never gets talked about because it gets overshadowed by his iron play. And you can say what you want about Hideki's putting, but this is a guy that has a proven track record of success on POA. He has done it before on POA at Torrey Pines at Riviera. Um, so I think Hideki at 46 is, I think it's an unbelievable bet. And that is my second guy. I also love kind of like the hard course crossovers where you think about his success at like the Memorial, you think about his success, success at Augusta national, right? Where you got to just be on top of it. Obviously, not architecturally similar, but the idea of you just got to be out there and have complete control of your game. After you get out of the fifties, Andy, and this is, this is kind of where things get uh, really interesting here. You've got lines as short as 45 to one on cam Davis, as long as 66, you've got, I mean, Taylor Pendrith who missed the cut last week at 80 to one Gary Woodland at 80 to one Hayden Buckley as short as 66, as long as 100, anything tickle your fancy in this range. Yeah, well, it's a small range too, Rick. Like, it's interesting, yeah. but I think this is a really top-heavy field, and I have actually found that the range between 40 and 100, it feels a lot smaller to me than most other weeks. Like, there was one book that I was looking at that they didn't have anybody between 60 and 80. They just jumped from 60 to 80, and... Again, I think it is a relatively weak middle tier this week. The answer for me, as always, as you've come to know, if you listen to any of my stuff or read any of my writing, is Cameron Davis, because I am not giving up before the miracle happens. To me, statistically, this is the only guy in my model in the top eight, at the highest guy at this price range. He checks all four boxes, Rick. And I mean, how many guys are you going to find that check all four boxes at 60 to one? The answer is zero, right? Um, there's not even many guys in the thirties that check all four boxes. You know, Hideki's one too, but Cam Davis hits the ball a mile off the tee. He's a great long iron player. He's got a passable short game, a good short game and above average short game, not an elite short game, not, not as elite around the greens as, as a JT or Hideki, but certainly not below average. And he's a great putter who's putted well before, not just at Torrey Pines, but he's putted really well at Pebble beach before. And I mean, you know, it's, this is a little bit of a stretch, but there, because I do believe there's a difference between West coast and East coast Poa, but the uh, Detroit golf club that he won at, that's a bent Poa blend. So for me, it's Cam Davis. I got him at 60, but I've gotten some questions on him this morning already, and I do not fault anyone that has said I've gone all in on this guy and it's too much pain. Yeah, the contrast of my card from 
last week to this week. Uh, pretty interesting because last week was kind of fire a bunch of bullets of long shots and see what happens. And this, yeah, is much tighter. I, I, I lack a lot of confidence uh, at, on this portion of the board. Is there anybody longer than 100 that you'd fire a dart on or are we wasting money at this point on the outright market? There is just because that's how I always do it and I can't help myself, but I do not. I mean, we have had, uh, let me see, Scott Stallings, I believe, was the only winner above 60 to one in the last 10 years here. Um, I think even Luke Less was like 50 to one. And Luke Less made. Luke Les made all the sense in the world. I mean, I remember talking about it on my podcast and it remains one of my biggest betting mistakes of 2022 where Luke List was the only single guy in my model that even approached John Rom in terms of his rating. Like it is the perfect golf course for Luke List. Mm-hmm. And I was still like, no, I don't. It's Luke List. I don't trust it. It can't be. Um, there isn't a guy quite like list this year that is like jumping off the page to me. I mean, the closest is Cameron Davis, honestly, but you know, the guys that I'm looking at towards the bottom, Rick, are your Will Gordon, Callum Terran types, right? Wyndham Clark types. It's those dudes. It's those dudes that Thomas Dietrich that hit the ball a mile off the tee and you just hope that they catch a hot potter. Yeah. Clark's a, Clark's a good, like uh, off the tee and Poe, guy will Gordon great off the tee there. There are, I, I will definitely say that I won't bet anybody that long, but I'll fire my usual. Right. Life. None of those guys check all four boxes, but they check like one or two with flying colors. And that's generally good enough for me. Once you get to the prices down here, let's, Transition a bit to matchups here. Uh, while we're talking about Luke List, there's a Nick Hardy plus 120 to Luke List's minus 120 on bro throw right now. It, how like how much of a trap is this Luke List stuff? Because he's been he won here last year, obviously. He beat Will beat Will Zaltoris in a playoff. We stood on the side of 18 and watched it as the yeah. sun was going down. He has been not horrible top, since that not, day. Not a top, not a single top ten since. Horrible. Yet he's commanding, uh, basically as high as DFS price since then. He's getting right. matched up in guys that I think are just like in way better spots. Like, what are we doing with this guy? Or should I just be clicking Nick Hardy's name at plus one twenty? I don't know. I mean, I had his uh, caddy on the podcast a couple months ago, who's a phenomenal guy, and he told me. I think Luke West is not like he's biased or anything, but he said that he feels <laughs> he said that he feels like Luke West has turned a corner with his putter. Um, really? This was in October and the statistics has not that has not been borne out in the statistics. No corner has been turned for Luke West. No, he only lost two strokes department. putting here in Maui. That's turning the corner. So, um, yeah, I'm not playing Luke West this week. I think that he is overpriced based. I would prop and Nick Hardy isn't even somebody that's like totally on my list this week either, but Luke West feels like one of the most obvious overprices to me because I think 
like we talked about, this is such a top heavy field with kind of a weak middle tier that the Bucks are kind of just throwing their hands up in the air and saying, okay, I mean, this guy won last year. Let's just, let's just price him up. I just threw out a Nick Hardy plus 120. So if anybody wants the other side of that, it's on Brothrow. You can go to brothrow.com slash Rick, join the private group. It's only in the group, so it's not a public wager. So you got to you gotta be in the group to bet it. The top of the board's got some pretty interesting options. Zalatoris, um, pretty significant favorite over Hideki, minus 150 on yeah. the Zalatoris side. Zalatoris, a dog to Xander. Xander, uh, after they de-juice this, to, to minus 120. Anything at the top of this board look noteworthy to you? Um, I don't really have like a big fade at the top of the board is my problem. Like, is there any of these guys that you're just like, I'm out on because I feel like all the guys at the top of the board, like my model was very chalk this week. Um, like my model outside of a guy like Cam Davis, my model was very close to resembling the top of the odds board. And I believe that is because we have a ton of data on Tory Pines. And I actually think it's one of the more easier handicapping weeks on the entire schedule because Tory Pines is a very strategically and architecturally bland golf course that essentially asks you the same question over and over again. And in my opinion, it is very easy to identify the players that are able to answer that question. There's not a a lot of randomness on those leaderboards, right? Actually, you talked about Augusta earlier, and I wrote about this in the article as well, but there is a massive correlation between guys that have success at Torrey and guys who have success at Augusta, which some would say is the other easiest tournament to predict on the PGA Tour. And that is not because those courses have anything in common architecturally or because those courses have anything in common from an agronomy standpoint. It's because those courses ask you four very specific questions. And if you can answer those four very specific questions, then chances are you are going to play well at a place like Torrey Pines or Augusta. Nine of the top 10 players in true strokes gained at Torrey Pines have a top five at the Masters. Five of the top 10 players in true strokes gained at Torrey Pines have won the Masters, right? So, I mean, very long-winded way of answering your question. All of the guys at the top, Tony Finau, Sander Shoffley, I mean, you could make an argument that Colin Morikawa is like the most vulnerable because of his short game, but I don't have any really big fades at the top. Do you No, Neither do I. My fades are kind of further down the board. Like I'm, I'm getting a little more worried about Harris English. Um, yeah, I've waited a long time. I was seeing him yeah. getting healthy. I'm just, I'm worried about it now. Uh, they have a Justin Rose minus minus one thirty, which I might offer up and see if anybody wants to take the English side of it, but no, I'll just kind of pick my spots. I mean, there's like, you know, Gary Woodland plays great on hard golf courses, and Ricky Fowler has yeah. been pretty bad at Torrey Pines. Yeah, that's I'm a like, good one. I, might I like snatch, that one, too. That's, you know, that's even money. I might snatch that one up. So I'll throw a couple of these out if you want to get involved. Uh, the link's in the description, or if you're already in the private group, there's like 400 of us in it now. You can grab it and throw your own out, and I'll, I'll start grabbing some before this, this week starts. Available in all 50 states. It's not a sports book. It's not a bank. It's just go sign up. It's free. Um, we're going to talk... One and done, 
And I don't think the props are out yet, but we will consider that market right after this break. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, those props are not available yet on Prize Picks, but this is a we're, we're doing this very, very early, early in the week. So I imagine at any point. Now, what we didn't really get to is the fact that the the North Course last year played what three and a half strokes easier than the South Course did last year, and if we see yeah. some of those stroke totals that are not really taking into account the difference between those two golf courses when parsing through the tee times, that feels like a logical place to start. Yeah, totally pounce on that. The other thing I would say is I'm not sure how much prize picks is going to adjust to the fact that these are the third most difficult fairways to hit on the PGA tour. So if you see some high fairway numbers, just keep in mind that driving accuracy here historically is like 52%. Yeah. So that is the other prize picks one that I would look out for. But again, just hit me up in the Slack channel if if the prize pick stuff comes. I'll be running around like a chicken with my head cut off for the next 48 hours trying to get all my usual stuff out but yeah that's that's what i would look out for the, the fairway ones is a really it's a really good point because you're also especially if you're taking the over on fairways you will be sweating them because there are a lot of balls that will land in the fairway and roll and roll and roll and then run into the first cut and that is a missed fairway and it was like such a good shot it is it is pretty devious around there at times Oh yeah, it's really hard. To, I mean, um, have you played Tory Pines recently? Uh, I, the last time I probably played it was it was probably a year ago at this point. But I used to okay. play it all the time. So both you balls. okay? I've played it once, and I've only played the South Course. You've played both courses. Oh my god, I've played them both. Yeah, uh, at least a dozen times each. I'm sure. Seriously? Yeah. Did you ever live in San Diego? No, but when I lived in Orange County, I went That's down right. there. And, and Mina's from Orange County, too. Huh? Yeah, so we were both there. My sister lives in San Diego, so we would go down a lot, and it's just, you know, yeah, I played a lot. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I got to say, last thing on that, and then we got to talk one and done. My biggest qualm with Tory Pines is the San Diego resident versus non-resident rate. <laughs> It's the, the discrepancy, and I get that it's owned by the city of San Diego. I get it. The discrepancy is too much. It is too much. I don't know what it is now, but it used to be like a third of the price. So if you were paying, if you were paying two forty as a non-resident, the residents were paying like eighty. I think I that's what it is, and that's that's a lot. That's a lot. You're you're saying what? It should be less expensive, or there should there should be a less a, a, a gap that's smaller. A gap that's smaller, and I think that it should be less. Well, I think for architectural purposes, it should be I think less the, expensive. In the general, North Course but. used to be like 
120 for non-residents, 40 for residents. And that, I mean, with the views alone, you can charge whatever you want there for that place. But um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what it is now. I'll look when I get there. Yeah, 240 to 80 might actually be right. But I, it was at least a one-third discrepancy, I remember, when I played there this summer. Um, but okay, one and done. So, Rick, I like... <laughs> I don't know what to do here. I'm like, have I hit rock bottom? I like, I, I, I was so confident in Cameron Davis last week. I mean, he was like third in my model. I, I loved the outright bat. I loved the pick. He missed the cup by like eight strokes. And I picked Tom Kim, who is probably going to go on to like win the players championship and finish like fourth on the money list. And, uh, I got his miscut cut at the Sony open too. Seamus power at Kapalua finishes like 25 in a 38 man field. That's my best pick of the year. I had it. I think I did that with Scotty Scheffler last year in the midst of a historic all time money winning year. <laughs> you picked the one. Miscut. I got the miscut. cut. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Uh, yeah. At least for the purposes of our competition, it doesn't feel good for either of us. But I had Brian Harmon last week who also missed the cut. So okay. you still have a lead on me. Yeah, 285,000 for me, 213,000 for you. The, let's talk through the options this week. Okay. Well, uh, let's play the game because let's do the let's talk quickly, big one and done strategy, and then pick yeah. between you and me. All right, so the big one and dunce, I imagine like Jason Day is going to be really popular. Yeah. I imagine. What's the purse? Nine or 10-ish million? 8.9. Okay. Uh, okay. I imagine Tony Finau will be pretty popular. I yeah. think that Rom will be like fifth or sixth just because some have already used him or some will save him. It feels, if you use Rom now, it kind of feels like you're chasing a little bit. So would you use Rom or are you saving him for a major? There's going to be like 13 tournaments that are bigger than this. And he's going to be like eight to one in all of them. Yeah. I'm with I'm you. Saving him. I'm, I'm not using him either. He is the king of Tory Pines though. Uh, trust me. I, I get it. Uh, I think, I think the two, I don't mind if you want to use Jason day. He's been playing great. He's been awesome here. Like if you want to use Jason day, it's early in the year. You know, you don't really have to play your position yet. If you want to use Jason Day, I'm completely fine with that. The other one that I might consider, if you're feeling pretty frisky, would be like Mav McNeely. Yeah, what about Max Homa too? Max Homa's a good one. That kind of depends on how bullish you are about Max Homa. He's like, would you use him at a major? Probably no. not. Even though I think he has a good shot so, at LACC, so do I. but I so don't do think I. You, I don't think you need to save Max Homa for a major. But it it would be it would feel weird to play him at the U.S. Open. <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred hundred percent. No, I think this is the type of event that you want to play Max. Homa. Yeah, Homa's a pretty good one. So my my short list, and maybe Homa might be the best one, honestly, because he actually can win the golf tournament. Mav McNeely, I think I think, think Hideki's a really good one too. Hideki would be a good one. Yeah, Hideki right now on Office Football Pool, the site-wide pick, tracking at 1%. Yeah, he's not a very – he's at four. I mean, I think people are now betting the 40s because I've talked to a couple people, and I'm like, 
I look at the numbers like a crazy person. You do not understand how off this is. So I think now people are going to start betting him. And maybe that translates into one and done. People like to do, like, people like to play the guys that they bet in DraftKings. They like to play the guys that they bet in one and done. So I don't know. We shall see. But yeah, I think anybody in, I mean, would you play Xander or Fino? Those feel like um, elevated event guys to me. I agree. I don't think I don't think I would. No. No. Yeah. I like I like Day Homa Hideki. If you're feeling really really frisky, McNeely, but I worry about his upside. Probably Homa Hideki are probably the best two options. So what is your prediction for the highest owned in like the run and done big one? Jason Day. Really? Okay. Yeah. How? What's this temperature of the room for you on Day this week? Are you in or out? Um, more in than out. I mean, he's, he's, okay. he's played, he's, he's healthy again. He's played really well. He talked about, I've, I mean, we had him on the first cut at one point during this run. And he's also talked about it a lot where he took time off to like, get the body fixed, which was always the sure. problem. And yeah. it seems whatever regiment he's in right now is working. And I am, I'm definitely more in than out. Okay. Fair enough. So for our, yeah. Our one and done. Um, I believe you are leading off, my friend. I'll take Max Homa. Okay. So I am in defense mode and I'm gonna burn somebody that I probably shouldn't burn, but I'm gonna take Will Zalatoris. Oh boy. Okay. Because I think he has a high floor at this event. I think it's a perfect course for him. Great spot. And I was really close between betting him or JT. And I ultimately ended up going with JT. So Will Zalatoris is kind of like my hedge. Life he hedge. is on he is on my fantasy team, which by the way, um one and one now. Nice so little am I. yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. me last week. Yeah, I did. I had a good week in fantasy. We were week. super tight through three rounds. The problem was yeah, I had like four guys miss the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I like my team and I'm terrified about Daniel Berger. I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of him, but I think the Ricky, I think Ricky is going to, there were signs. Ricky had like a triple and two doubles last week. And you're at least going to find out kind of early, right? Like, you know, you're going to see what he does here, which, which he hasn't had a lot of success at. So if he plays well, you can be optimistic. You're going to find out at Phoenix where it's a place he's had great success, where if he struggles there too, you can be like, you're going to find out early in the year, what Ricky is. Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally agree with you. Um, and I'm still buying at this point, but yeah, I will go with Will Zalatoris. I think there's a great golf course for him. Totally understand if you want to save him for a major or an elevated event, but between you and me, I, I need a big week just for my own confidence. So I'm going to go with me to go with Willie Z. Uh, all right, bud. Well, uh, hoping I see you down there. Keep me in the loop on if you're going to make it down to, to Tori at some point. Um, looking forward to it. We will do this all again next weekend. He's got articles coming out on rickrungood.com all the time. There's just a lot of stuff going on, and we're very yeah, happy to be a part of it. Two, two of them tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. I love that. All right. So keep an eye on rickrungood.com for all that good stuff and follow Andy on Twitter at ATP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. Good luck.